He's young, informed, opinionated. He's J.C. Fickenshire, and it's time now for us to open the door on J.C.'s Garage. Hi, I'm J.C. Fickenshire, and welcome to J.C.'s Garage. Joining me this week from PRN, Doug Rice and David Stiles, as we will break down the the actions from Richmond and look ahead to Martinsville. Um, We got one short track, you could say, in the books. Um, Doug, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to start this show off being a downer. I felt like out of the first seven races, this one had the least action. And I think the the stats bear that out. Five cautions for, what, 35 laps, David? That's not that's not atypical short track, but that's kind of where we are with Richmond. Uh, the last 50 laps, I thought, had some intrigue with different tire strategies and eventually a car that I didn't think was even competitive in Denny Hamlin winning the race, but was not an atypical short track. A lot of different people have compared this to a pitcher's duel in baseball and where the manager in baseball has more of the power where they're making different plays and subbing in different players and you're bunting and hitting and all of that stuff. And this race, I don't feel like the driver was as much in front as it was the crew chiefs making the decisions late in the race, pit strategy. And so a lot of people like this style of racing. For me, I don't know. I didn't I didn't feel like it was up to the level as our first six races were, and I felt like it was a little bit on the downside for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we came off a stretch of six amazing races, in my opinion, and we came to this short track hoping that the new car would advance it, change it up a little bit, make it a little more exciting, but the finish was definitely exciting, but the 300 laps before it were we're just not as good as we hoped. And one thing I was very surprised about is Denny Hamlin's comeback so fast just to, to win a race. He had no top tens before. He goes out to Richmond, wins the race. Watching on Fox, and Denny Hamlin in one of the pre-race interviews goes, well, you can't win the Kentucky Derby with a three-legged mule. And I'm not Sure, I think I know what he meant by that. I think he was saying our stuff needs to be better to win. To me, that's that's how I took it. I mean, that's that's what I heard. And, and even last week on this show, I said Toyota's got to bring something to the track. They've been a non-factor pretty much all year. And they're historically good at Richmond. And this is a home track for Denny Hamlin. And like JC said, he has finished outside the top 10 all year and comes away with a win here in Richmond, which bodes well for the Toyota teams going into Martinsville. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, another thing is the Toyotas. This is like their, I guess, their home track. I mean, the whole track is sponsored by Toyota. They had to show up here. And, I mean, they did. They they did. All cars in the top 10 uh, for Joe Gibbs Racing, which is big for that team as... They couldn't really finish the races. They were solid during the races. But some of their drivers, like Denny Hamlin, he was solid in the middle of the race but couldn't finish the race. Now they come out here with some momentum going ahead to Martinsville, which for some of their drivers is a really good track. Well, that's a good Denny track, Kyle Busch track, Truex. By the way, Denny Hamlin addressed the media 
after the race and talked about the slow start for him this year. Obviously, we've been searching a little bit. Um, you know, the first six races haven't gone great, uh, but we've had, you know, some good, you know, over half of them we've had winning cars. I know that sounds crazy, you know, but, you know, Daytona, I'm sure we'd be fine. And Atlanta, we were good. And Vegas thought we had a great shot to win there. Now there's been some struggles in those other ones. But, uh, you know, we just uh, we, we go to work. I mean, you know, Joe does a great job motivating all of our group as if, you know, I, as if I need motivating. Um, but it's, you know, we, we work really hard. And we know that, you know, waiting seven races to, to win is, you know, not – we have a, a level of, you know, performance that we expect more than that. Yeah, from that group, I mean, we all expect them to do good. Um, I expected them to turn it around, but for Denny Hamlin, I didn't expect him to do it that fast. And his interview there, I mean, he put some, he has some good points about it, and it all makes a lot of sense. So that's my biggest take from it is how quickly Denny Hamlin turned that around. To me, this was a very Denny Hamlin-esque race. He went from the front to the back to the front again to the back. And so he he does that quite often. He'll have a pit road penalty or some kind of mental guffaw. And then here he comes charging back to the front. And in this particular race with the different strategy and uh, his crew chief making the right call to pit in a different sequence than William Byron and Martin Truex Jr. And I think at one point they were saying he was gaining like a second a lap of you know, in, in time. And they basically, him and Kevin Harvick basically drove through the whole field and they said, by the math, their crew chief was like, well, we should catch them with about 10 laps to go. He caught them on lap six and he passed William Byron like he was a lap car. I mean, he went (laughs) straight by him and him and Kevin Harvick just drove to the front and we see this, it's our seventh different winner. And also it breaks the streak of all these young drivers winning i think that's a that's a big deal with this new car and the way the season has gone so far yeah and i'm that that win streak isn't just this year for the young drivers it was like a 12 win win streak of drivers below the age of 30 and 41 year old denny hamlin comes out and breaks that streak do you think we're gonna see young guys keep winning or do you think the old guys are gonna start winning some more races I'm not sure yet. Again, we've talked about me, this line of demarcation where who's got it figured out, who doesn't have it figured out. I don't think yesterday was a good barometer because the guy that I'm looking at that is on the older side that has been running really well, Kurt Busch, had a fuel pump problem and it Mm -hmm. basically took him out of the race extremely early. And I know we've been saying that the Toyotas were good, but 2311 was not good yesterday. No, they were, they, <laughs> they were, were out to lunch. They were out to lunch. And, I mean, Kurt Busch had the problem at the beginning, and I think what Bubba Wallace finished somewhere in the 20s, 26th. So, laps down. Yeah, those those two teams had, had a terrible day yesterday, but I, I'm not sure. I, I think we will see a different winner in Martinsville coming up this weekend, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was another one of those Joe Gibbs Racing Toyotas. Who are the who are the older drivers that can win? Obviously, Denny Hamlin won at forty one. Harvick was second, forty six. Truex is in his forties, so that's three of the older guys. Kyle Busch, I guess we got to call him an older guy. He's mm-hmm. a veteran, thirty six years old. Um, he's been around the sport for a long time. He doesn't. It seems like he should be older than that, but he's he's still relatively young because I know in the past we say that a driver doesn't really reach their prime until the thirty six, thirty seven 
Mark, but he's he's been there for a while now. So where do we put Brad Keselowski? I mean, age-wise, he's an older guy. He's won a championship. He's a veteran, as you pointed out. But are we going to be talking about him, J.C., and and that team this year? I mean, I, I thought they outperformed themselves in Martinsville, to be honest. For him and that team, I mean, I hope we see them turn it around, and I hope we talk about them. But I think we're only going to be talking about them at Atlanta, Daytona, and Talladega as of right now. They just don't look strong. They're trying to face, and especially that penalty. That penalty set them back a ton. And now they have to dig themselves out of that hole while they're not even looking incredible. I think his chances are dwindling away as we go on into the season. I mean, he did pick up some stage points at Richmond. He finished ninth and 10th in stage one and two and then came away with a 13th place finish. So he was in the mix, but I kind of agree with JC. That penalty has pretty much crippled that team. And unless he gets up a you know a big win at one of these wild card super speedway tracks, I don't really see him being that much of a factor come playoff time. I agree. They they have they have to win. They have to win. And even when they win, they get penalized again. So it, it's going to be tough. And that's that's I feel for Brad because he took a big gamble leaving Penske to go do this adventure and then to get whacked like that. And we still don't know what it was for. And even a win doesn't secure a men necessarily. I mean, we have seven winners as of right now. There's still a lot of races left. We can see more than 16 winners, and that could set the playoffs down to points. And with the penalty, if he wins, he's going to get set back 10 p- playoff points. That could still make it hard for him to get in if he wins. And here, here, go ahead. He's David. currently thirty first in yeah. points. He's even if he does win, he has to be twenty fifth in point standings to That's even point to even get in. So yeah. I mean, he's going to have to really wheel that race car around and increase his point standings because losing that hundred points on this penalty and then losing Matt McCall for four races and being fined a hundred grand, I just don't see how it's going to happen. JC mentioned seven different winners. And we could get over the number. And you guys can do the math here. Kevin Harvick can still win a race. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to win yeah. a lot, but that's one. Martin Truex Jr., that's two. Christopher Bell is three. Ryan Blaney's four. Kyle Busch, that gives you five. That's without going out on a limb. Tyler Reddick would be six. Chase Elliott would be seven. Joey Logano would be eight. So that's 15 different winners right there. Uh, let's go down. Let's say Eric Almirola st- steals one. That's 16 different winners right there. And that's without cashing in long shots like a Daniel Suarez or Austin Dillon or somebody else that could win a race, don't know that they will, or Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at a restrictor play. Allmendinger could win, but that doesn't really count because he's not running for the title. Yeah, I mean, we're going we're gonna to see something happen. It can be 16 different winners. It could be 17 different winners. It could be... 15 different winners, but it's going to come down to the end of this season, I think, as already half, almost half of the playoff spots have been taken, and we're only seven races in. To me, I think all of those people that you listed, all of those drivers, have a legitimate shot at winning a race, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of Daniel Suarez winning a race or Tyler Reddick winning a race. Those two guys have been running very well all season, and they're eventually going to get a look at a win. 
I don't know where or when, but the way track house has been running, I know they didn't have the firepower at Richmond this weekend. Both of those cars did not fare well. Ross Chastain did drive to the front a few times, but I feel like Suarez will eventually get in victory lane at some point. JC, David, answer me this. How is Chase Elliott second in points? He has 241 points. He's behind Ryan Blaney because Blaney has more stage points and playoff points. He has no stage wins. He has zero playoff points. But somehow or another, Chase Elliott has found himself basically tied for the lead in points. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You look at the top three in points. None of them have won a race. But Ryan Blaney has started off the races very fast, and he's gotten himself a couple stage wins. Same with Truex. But I have no clue how Chase is in second in points with no stage wins and no race wins. So I'm looking at the 2022 driver stats, and I'm looking at average running position. Guess who's second? It's Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott, yeah. He runs, his average running position is 11th. So if you're just consistently in the top 10, and he, like you said, he hasn't, he hasn't won a stage, but this past weekend, where did it, I know that he got some stage points. He finished sixth in both stages. So he picks up those stage points and finished the race in 14th. He's just hanging out in there in the top 10, just biding his time, I guess. I mean, to me, that's, that's what it runs down to. His, his average running position is second out of all drivers, behind Ryan Blaney, who has a 9.2. That's nice, but <laughs> it's just nice. It's not outstanding. Average running position of 11th, to me, that that's not... That, doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything at all, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And now that you look at it, the top five in points, only four of them haven't won a race. We're going to see, as the season goes on, some of the winners get back up on in the front of these points. But as of right now, four of the top five in point standings haven't won a race. That's kind of incredible. That's that's telling. But somebody's somebody eventually will win multiple races. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to go on a streak like Larson did last year and win three or four. I mean, it's almost... I mean, this happened last year. We got to seven, eight winners, and then Truex won kind of back-to-back. So it... It's definitely going to happen. My question is, you know, what have where was Larson at yesterday? He really what? I mean, this weekend he wasn't really in the mix at all. I didn't really feel like he was he was there in contention. I mean, he was up there. He was sneakily around the top ten, but it seemed like he was never battling for the lead. And as what we saw last year, his incredible season last year. Seeing him not leading races and not fighting for the lead is kind of weird. It just seems, it kind of puts him off our mind a little bit and makes us wonder where he is. I think that's why we kind of think he's in the back a little bit when he's in the top 10. He was he was like ninth or 10th. They got fresh tires late in the race, made a nice run. Because I tweeted about it. I said, boy, it's really been quiet for Kyle Larson. But Brad Gilley pointed this out on another show. That last year, Larson won at Vegas. We didn't really pay much attention to him until we got to the Coca-Cola 600, and he just Dominated. annihilated the field. And then after that, it was like, get out of my way. It's very true. And it could, I mean, they're in the playoffs. They could just be 
experimenting at this I mean at this point what do they what do they have to lose versus some of these other teams who like Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin they need to get wins mm-hmm. they want to win and they they need that to cement themselves into the 2022 playoffs I think I think there are a lot of storylines and I don't know what we've learned yet we've talked about that before uh, seven races in I can't give you definitive opinions about anything but the fact that I really like the new car I'd have to agree with that. I we still got two tracks, two t- different styles of tracks that we haven't been on. Obviously, dirt is one of them, and a half mile. And we're going to see those in the next two weeks. Those might add up, but I think we're only we're going to get a nice story of how the season's going to go about halfway, and maybe when we reach the Coke Six Hundred is when we'll start to st- see more of a consistent line of how the season goes but I think the way the season has been scheduled so far has put us in a position where we don't know what's going on really I mean we're 20 percent of the way through this season and I guess my biggest takeaway is these cars are almost bulletproof you can beat and bang them around the damage that they can withstand is great I feel like Kyle Petty made a pretty good point earlier on a, on another show, and he was saying that it's kind of leveled the drivers too because they're having to figure out what this car is. You know, in the past, Denny Hamlin could just show up to Richmond and he's like, "Well, I know what this car is going to do, and I know how to set the car up, and then I know how to drive it." It's leveled the field for everyone, and all the drivers are having to do the same thing and relearn how to drive this race car. So, uh, to me, it. it the parody is great because it gives everybody a chance to kind of rise at the top every once in a while. JC, what are the cars going to look like after Martinsville? I don't know. I'm. We've seen the cars beat and bang, and they they hold they hold up pretty solid. But Martinsville is a different kind of track when it comes to beating and banging. And we know when we go there, we're going to see some some hitting. Um, gosh, I want to say they're going to be destroyed. But the way this car has handled hits and racks, I can't say that. I I remember Harrison Burton's flip, and at Daytona, he, he flipped the car. The car didn't really look that bad after a flip. So I think we're going to see the cars are going to hold up pretty well, and they're going to be able to use them hard. Like, they're going to be able to hit really hard, I think. I think we need to be aware of negativity how much how much trash talk do we hear about this next gen car from the the year before it came out it's not safe it's not going to race it's this it's nothing positive until they started racing it and then the product was outstanding for the first six seven races that we've had and to me i i think it's great one thing that i'm interested in seeing with the old car you know we had a lot of the the red brakes would flare up when you would go to Martinsville. And I know that these brakes are bigger on this, on the new car. I wonder if we're going to see something like that, because that's one of my favorite parts of watching a Martinsville race is seeing the, the brake rotors glow red and, and they're really driving the cars around this, uh, you know, paperclip shaped track. So I'm interested to see just how the product looks on the track as well. Well, you go about it. A lot of people complained about the car the year before it raced and I can go back to the Roval. When Marcus Smith had the idea of racing on Charlotte Motor Speedway's road course, 
everybody said it wouldn't work. We look at it now. It worked. We can go to Bristol Dirt. Everybody said that won't work. It worked. Now we have Atlanta. Everybody said that wouldn't work. It worked. I think it's a new time in NASCAR. You can't judge something on the way you feel. You got to see it. And I I say that too. If Richmond says, oh, we're going to repave our track to be a half mile that's completely flat, I'm not going to say this is a bad idea because I've never seen it. I think we got we to gotta realize that and not judge a book by its cover. I feel like Richmond is probably the folks that run that and NASCAR. That's a NASCAR on track. They they hear, they're, they're aware uh, that that's, that race is not at the level of what we've seen so far this season. I, I, all the Jeff Gluck polls in the world put together, it's, it wasn't thrilling. I'm texting with half a dozen people yesterday during the race until it got to be 50 to go. They're sitting there, you know, okay, there's no football to watch. I mean, when Ryan Blaney starts the race and leads 128 laps straight, and then the next leader takes over and leads from like, what is it? Lap 232 all the way basically to 250 something. There wasn't a whole lot going on. I mean, it's just they're out there clicking laps off, and I think that's just the way that that track is. It's got multiple grooves, multiple lanes. You can run wherever you want to, and once you get out in front, unless you've got like what happened at the end of this race where Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick had pitted and they had the better tire strategy, you're not going to be able just to drive past people. And we heard it all day. It's about managing your tires at Richmond. Do you think drivers are too worried about managing their tires and not about driving hard and trying to catch up to the leader i don't i don't know because i mean i i've never raced one of those race cars i don't know what it's like to be Mm -hmm. to be in that situation for me i know that if if i was going to be in there i would want to try to drive as hard as i can every lap to try to increase my position and i know a lot of people were saying that those lap cars should have gotten out of the way and William Byron and Martin Trix could have had a little bit of a battle and the outcome of the race could have been different. But no, that's their job. They're out there to drive their particular race car for their particular sponsors and try to get the best finishing position that they can. And I mean, to me, I would want to run as hard as I could for as long as I could. And, you know, you have to manage your resources and your tires like that. So to me, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I I think it impacts the race because... Chad Knauss, who I thought did a nice job with Fox yesterday as their analyst, said it on the first lap of the race. Well, that driver wants to go out there and race, but I'm yelling at him, manage your tires, take care of your tires. I get it, but if that if that's what all the race is about, that that product is not I mean, that's I agree. that's like telling football players, play the game, but don't get hurt. Well, that's part of the game. I mean, at that point, you're playing flag. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, excellent. You're yeah. playing flag football. No contact. Yeah. Okay, as we go to Martinsville, who do you got winning this race? Ooh, I think uh, Truex won this race last year. I'm going to pick Martin to win it again this year. I think Toyota shows up two weeks in a row. Do I have to differ from you? Because I, I don't know. I don't I mean, want. Th- what to. are the rules? What are the rules? I, I will. <laughs> I will. But I'm going to go with the Toyota. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Uh, Kyle's been there this year. It's terrible, terrible luck. He could have been in the mix at Richmond yeah. if he doesn't get that that penalty for tape on the grill 
So I think Kyle Busch, I'm going up to Martinsville. I'm going to go up and watch nice. some of the race Saturday night. Hope I'm going to go with somebody who's been solid all year round and uh, is a very good short track driver. I'm going to go with Joey Logano to win the Martinsville. He's good there. Yep, and that would give us eight different winners. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram handle is JC underscore Fickenshire. And if you love the show and would like to give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to, please do. For Doug Rice, David Stiles, I'm JC Fickager, and we will see you on Down the Road.